are listening to The Moment, an interview podcast series on life. We interview and capture conversations with creative minds, thought leaders, disruptors, and the people that are doing what they love while challenging the status quo. You can find the show notes on our website, themomenthq.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. But for now, let's dive into The Moment. podcast episode 51. Joining me today is Dr. Nadia Paraguana, a naturopathic doctor. She graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine and also McMaster University with honours in biology. Today she works alongside Dr. Jason Fung and Megan Ramos at the Intensive Dietary Management Program and today we'll be chatting about nutrition, ketogenic diets, intermittent fasting and living a healthy life. So hello Nadia, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Monica. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Now, I'd love to hear more about your personal story and how you got to where you are today. Would you be able to share with our listeners how that all came together? Sure. I hope I don't bore you with my... When I was five years old... (laughs) So anyway, um, I've been a naturopath for about 14 years, as you said. I graduated from... um, CCNM here in, in Toronto, and then at the time, I decided that as soon as I graduated, I actually moved to Mozambique, which is where I'm originally from, mm-hmm. uh, which is right on the border with South Africa, and so it just so happened that because I had no re- resources to really do all the things that naturopaths do, I focused on nutrition, and what people really were looking for at the time there was really help with that metabolic syndrome, so weight management, diabetes, and whatnot. So. Very early on in my career, I kind of had to become, so it was more of a learning game, to be honest. I kind of had to learn about this stuff because none of us really learned this in school, not medical doctors, not naturopaths. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to become good at it. And lucky for me, I had a lot of guinea pigs because I was the only person doing this at the time in Mozambique. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a bit of a learning curve. I kind of put my patients through, through the ringer, to be honest. So everything that I would do, they would do. And then eventually, about, uh, well, almost eight years ago now, I myself developed metabolic syndrome. So I went from being really, really thin um, to sort of starting to develop central obesity, uh, which was just I was getting a little bulge around the waist, which wouldn't have been a problem except that I was trying to get pregnant and then realized that I uh, had PCOS. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and so I wasn't ovulating, and it took me, you know, it was about a year into trying to get pregnant. So this is where the whole Mozambique and South Africa thing comes in, because I did work with a few doctors in South Africa and in Mozambique. And so luckily, at some point, I did try fertility treatments, and that didn't work, and I didn't want to go the IVF route at that time. So um, I guess it was then that things sort of started to make sense to me. Uh, because I had a doctor say to me, well, of course, this is not going to work because you're insulin resistant. Mm. Um, and so that starts to make a lot of sense then for me where I'm like, okay, so if I'm insulin resistant, you know, it's that, that, sort of the thread. So it sort of, you know, it was dotting at the eyes for me. And so then I went on a ketogenic diet to get pregnant and I got pregnant within a month. Wow. Which is not unusual. Mm-hmm. Not unusual. A lot of people have... have uh, I actually work with a doctor right now that works with Dr. Fung and I, and she just asked me about that last week. She said, you know, is it normal? Because one of my patients is is doing this, and uh, she got pregnant within a month. And I'm like, well, that's what happened with me. 
so then problem is I'm human like everybody else, right? So I learned this great thing, then I got pregnant, then I didn't follow a ketogenic diet or anything close to it. Mm-hmm. Had a baby, um, I actually had postpartum depression and gained weight, lots of stuff happened, and I didn't really think about it too much, to be honest, until I wanted to have a second child. Mm-hmm. And so that time around... Um, Again, same sort of usual deal, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm, and I did fertility again, didn't work, and then, again, I had the doctor remind me, you're insulin resistant. So they actually did put me on metformin, mm-hmm. and, again, that helped me uh, get pregnant. And I, and I, even though the fertility treatments didn't work, with the metformin and the ketogenic diet, I did get pregnant the second time. I actually don't even, uh, yeah, I'm not so clear on how I did it the second time, but that was pretty much it. It was the whole insulin resistance, figuring out that it was insulin resistance again. So again, fertility treatments didn't work, but uh, working on the insulin resistance did work. Mm-hmm. And so now I have two babies, and they're now six and three. So that was that really did change things, because once I had the second baby and my mind was clearer, I was able to really realize that, okay, this is not just a temporary thing. Yeah. And I did try other approaches. At some point, I tried, I mean... In the past, my husband and I have tried everything you can think of. And so my patients as well get exposed to a lot of what I try. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried to be uh, vegan and a lot of other things. And I'm not, I'm by no means am I criticizing any other diet. I'm just saying that it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I switch, I kind of had people try things as well. And it, and it didn't work. So anyway, long story short, at some point, we realized, okay, we really, ketogenic is the way to go for me. Mm-hmm. Um as my lifestyle choice. Um, I did start intermittent fasting, so the 24 hours alternating or a couple of times a week or once a week or whatever. I did start playing with that once I became more familiar with Dr. Fung's work. And um, and that was, that was very interesting for my own health. So I was able to reverse my metabolic syndrome. In the midst of all of that, I also became uh, hypertensive, so I had blood pressure issues and medica- I was medicated for it. And at some point, the doctor said, oh, by now it's chronic. It started with pregnancy, but by now it's chronic. So I knew that I had to reverse this whole business. And I did it through a ketogenic diet with some intermittent fasting. Then I met Dr. Fung at a conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at that time, had already moved back to Canada. And I was looking to work um, in the field here in Canada. And he was really the only person I knew that was in the field. And so luckily... <laughs> Um, he he asked me to join him him and Megan because poor Megan was struggling there on her own because they have a lot of work. Right. So that's kind of my story, quick as quick as I could get it. And um, now I work with them here in Toronto. We have a, a, a long distance program and an in office program. So my job is to kind of go to different clinics and uh, work with a few different doctors that work with us. Mm-hmm. And I do the dietary counseling part of the program and some the the doctors that work with us do the medical supervision of our patients amazing and our long distance program is just a dietary program so we just do the dietary counseling right which is really really good yeah wow you've had such a an an adventurous ride and I think it's interesting how so many people not everyone but um people seem to go through their own health issues and then it's through that discovery that then they kind of also go on to practice or counsel others in that particular area, which I find is also really interesting. 
And so with a ketogenic diet, for those listening, in case you don't know what it is, it's a low carb, moderate protein, high fat diet. Would you recommend this diet for everyone? Um, I think it's not harmful for anyone, If I, to be totally honest. I think that the transition to a ketogenic diet, so what they call the induction uh, phase or the keto flu, might not be nice for some people at different stages of life. Mm. But I don't think that the ketogenic diet is, is harmful. I think, if anything, um, both clinical evidence and some studies have shown that it's beneficial in, in many, many cases. It's beneficial for heart health. Uh, so it does improve triglyceride levels mostly, and this is what we really should be looking at. Um, it improves HDL and it lowers uh, triglycerides. It does significantly help people with diabetes, whether they're type 1 or type 2, because it helps to lower their insulin levels. And it, there's a lot of evidence now about, well, I don't know if it's evidence, but at least ongoing research uh, in clinical evidence with people with cancer. And we know that the ketogenic diet has been used for a very long time for kids with epilepsy and it's still used uh, so we know children do fine with it and quite well actually you know you do have to monitor certain things mm-hmm. um, but so I don't think it's harmful uh, now do I think that everybody can do it I think that if you are willing to give it a try um, and do it the right way uh, and tweak it as it goes I think that people can do very well for very different I, I personally because of my own experience and my own patients, I personally uh, compare it to pressing a reset button. Mm-hmm. I really think that that's the key thing. Um, it's, it's sort of because it helps to lower your insulin levels, it then helps to reverse metabolic syndrome, mm-hmm. which people seem to be, you know, sort of plagued with all over the world now. Yeah, exactly right. And for those listening, it's not just for individuals who might have some sort of disease or disorder. Uh, I have probably been following the ketogenic diet for about six months now. And my experience of it is that my energy levels and my clarity of mind and just my overall disposition is probably the best that it's ever been in my entire life. And I'm similar to you. I've tried many different diets over the years and this is just something that just feels so natural. And I think once you get past that induction period that you mentioned, it's, it does take its course and it becomes just a very natural way of eating and living. I wanted to ask you about what do you find because you know, the big marketing companies and then and everywhere we go, there's a lot of information saying that's not really, really good for you. You know, you need to eat your grains. You need to have, you know, the five food groups. What are your thoughts around that? I think that the, the, the true science has kind of been lost. I think that we all that, you know, all of us that do a little bit of science learn that you have three macronutrients, which are your proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. We all learn that carbohydrates are non-essential, but somehow we lose that somewhere Mm. and we don't put it into practice. We all know that the body has the ability to produce glucose. And as you correctly stated, when you are in a ketogenic state, you do get energy from ketones, which is very good energy. Um, But then we also hear all this stuff about the brain needs sugar and all that, you know, forgetting that the body has the ability to produce, you know, gluconeogenesis is a a physiological, you know, uh, ability that the body has to produce 
uh, sugar from stored fat, you know, like yeah. sugar turns into fat and fat turns into sugar. So I think that people forget, don't really know that, like they don't get in, in depth about that. So um, I hear the criticism. It doesn't make sense because we know that our ancestors uh, didn't have these grains and they did just great. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today. You yourself have said that you've been doing this for six months and feel great. Lots of people have been doing it for a lot longer. Um, there isn't too much uh, research on this kind of stuff, so or at least really good research. So we can't really use that as, as like, oh, go to this study. But you, we can use clinical evidence. So mm-hmm. I can only speak from what I've seen. Um, and I, I fully, uh, as like you said, feel much better when I'm in a ketogenic state. When I eat sugar, which I do because I am human, mm-hmm. um, and I, I haven't because I'm fat adapted, and that's another term, which just means that I've been doing this for so long that my body um, keeps on burning fat for fuel even when I eat sugar. But when I, my, when I, my insulin goes up a little from eating these foods, you know, my energy goes down. I start to get really crazy and cranky and irritable. So there are, there are some people looking into the emotional, you know, the sort of the psycho-emotional, the psychological uh, impact of sugars as well. So there is, there is, there are a lot of reasons. Like you said, it's not just diabetes. There are a lot of reasons why you might want to consider looking into a ketogenic diet. Mm. And so you mentioned that you do have sugar sometimes, and I guess everyone's different in their approach to how closely they follow the diet. But I think you know it's easy to kind of fall in and out of it, especially in the beginning as well. How strictly do you follow the diet? Do you what's your ratio of carbohydrates like in in your experience that works? That's actually a very good question. Actually, when I when I decided that ketogenic was the way to go, and I and I wanted to kind of get over the whole induction part and whatever, I was very strict for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I actually became fat adapted um, at some point. I, I'm not sure when, but uh, initially I felt so good that I didn't feel like eating anything. Yeah. And so since I didn't crave anything, and I came from being a carb addict, like a lot of people that I see. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that I didn't crave it and I wasn't miserable made me feel like I didn't want to eat it. I didn't have to eat anything. Yeah. At some point, I would say over the last, I don't know, I don't even, last few months, I've sort of decided that it's okay yeah. um, if my kids, because my kids are growing, right? And my yeah. kids eat a ketogenic diet at home. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of made it so that it's okay for them to choose a place to go on the weekend. And if they choose a place where... If, if I can choose, I normally wouldn't choose to eat other things because I really do like eating the ketogenic food. Yeah. But if we do go somewhere and there's, you know, usually if there's dessert or uh, involved or whatever it is, and I, and I allow myself to have it, it's not because I'm craving it. And this is a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. I don't crave it when I don't eat it. But yeah. if I eat it, then that's the other question. So when I talk to my patients, I don't talk... It's not so much about uh, not ever being human and being in a situation like I put myself in sometimes. It's what are you going to do about it after? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, what I find is that it's totally okay for me to have one meal of something as long as I know how to lower my insulin the next day so that I'm not craving and miserable. Because often what will happen is when you eat these higher sugar uh, foods, you know, whether it's grains or dessert or whatever it is that you eat, the next day you might find that you're very, you're off, you know, you're just Mm -hmm. like craving and more hungry and uh, more irritable. And so what I do and what we talk about sometimes is to just go a little higher on the fat. 
mm-hmm. and lower on the carbs. So I will have a higher fat meal, and that will stop it for me. That will just nip it in the bud. I stop craving. I kind of just go back to my regular life. I often have a hard time fasting after those times, though. So actually, this week, I was able to do a 48-hour fast after the weekend. Mm -hmm. Usually, I, I... I will do like a higher fat diet Mm -hmm. just to get myself back on track. And I can see it even in my numbers. It affects my numbers. So when I eat a higher uh, sugar meal uh, for a day or two, my my weight goes up because there's a lot of water retention from the insulin response. Mm -hmm. Um, Keeping in mind that I'm someone that in the past had uh, issues like hypertension and all these, you know, high blood pressure and all these other things. So it'll go up, and it'll go up significantly. Like, it'll go up about four pounds. That's obviously not, not fat. That's water retention. Water. And then when I do these higher fat, yeah, it's water. So when I do these higher fat meals, or if I fast, uh, and people that have done this know you, you're peeing out a lot, so this is why you need to hydrate properly. And I lose those four pounds very quickly, like in a day or two. Mm-hmm. And And you mentioned, you mentioned that your kids also eat a ketogenic diet at home. For anyone that's listening that would like to try it with their kids, how have you integrated that? I mean, they're quite young still, so it's probably a lot easier. How do you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you, because I mean, your eldest is three, you mentioned? No, my eldest is six. Six, sorry. And, and so obviously, do they, like, they go to school and you know see the kids eating other things how do they feel about it and how have you educated them to choose different foods my little one doesn't really get it because she just was born into this uh yeah. she just likes it and i think genetically for some reason she just really likes these foods mm-hmm. anyway um she's like if we ever go somewhere and it's like okay there's hot dogs that's what you're gonna eat because that's what where they what what we have that she'll take out the bread. I don't know why she does it. She just always does it, and she'll eat the hot dogs. She likes that. She, it's just a natural thing. But she is in daycare, yeah. and because of yeah. daycare rules, she eats in daycare. So you know, I, I I don't think it's the best food, but that's what she eats, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest is a totally different story because she had some issues, uh, gastro issues when she was little, mm-hmm. and so. Um, our sort of, you know, as a first parent and our, our doctors kind of were like, oh, well, her issues are because you're forcing her to eat things that she doesn't want to eat. And so you just have to let her eat whatever she wants. And that was a big mistake mm-hmm. because she's a total carb junkie and a total carb addict, just like I was. So we're yeah. very similar. Um, so what, what we see that it works for her actually is that when she is doing a ketogenic diet, she's very stable. She mm-hmm. actually doesn't crave stuff. But as soon as she eats something, she goes off the rails. Her her hyperactivity is, you know, more obvious and her sort of, it, it affects her in, in, in many ways, you know, physically, emotionally, but she does. She is a, she, she is a carb junkie for sure, mm-hmm. but she's okay with eating these foods. It has taken some time and some effort. And like I said, it's because she's smaller as well. So it's easier to coerce. If she was a teenager, I don't know that I would be able to be changing our habits at this point. Yeah. Uh, but some teenagers, because they're so uh, concerned about their health now or, whatever it is, weight or whatever. I see that there's a lot of um, keto, like kids keto groups on online, and parents oh, wow. are doing really well with their kids, yeah. I follow them. I don't comment too much on them, but I do follow these groups. I like to see what people are saying and what they're doing. So I'm seeing a lot of kids have major success doing this. 
That's which is great. I also do did used to see. I don't anymore because our program doesn't. Uh, we don't see kids in our program. But I did used to uh, help parents with kids that had metabolic syndrome, so, mm-hmm. you know, severe obesity. And usually it was, you know, obviously the the carb intake was out of control. Yeah, absolutely. That's so awesome. It's really cool to hear that there are kids that are becoming more aware about what they're putting in their bodies and giving things like keto a go. And now in regards to intermittent fasting, is this something that do you, like if you have someone, I know in your practice you may uh, put someone on a keto diet and ask them to do intermittent fasting as well. But for the everyday person, what would you recommend? Do you think that intermittent fasting is something that you can jump into straight away or should someone start the ketogenic diet first? What would you recommend? I think it's easier to fast, and, and this is Dr. Fung doesn't talk too much about diet, right? Because yeah. his big thing is fasting. I think it's easier to fast if you're in a ketogenic state, mm-hmm. okay? Meaning that if your body is already used to burning fat for fuel, it's easier to fast, and people will notice that. But fasting is like like Dr. Fung and Megan and people that do it will often say it's like a muscle. You need to work out that muscle. So some people find that it's really hard at the beginning. I'd say most people would, and then it gets easier with time. Um, and some people, which is shocking to me because I, I you know, I, I do this long distance program and people come to us so informed. They've read and they've watched things and they, and so by the time they come to me, they've done seven days of fasting or 14 days of fasting, things like that, which mm-hmm. are, we would never, you know, in, in normal circumstance, I wouldn't tell somebody to fast for any period of time. They kind of take the lead and I just follow, right? Sure. I think the important thing with fasting is that you know how to fast. You have to get the right information because I think there's a lot of misguided info on what fasting really is and what to do when you're fasting and what to intake when you're fasting. So I think that's, we spend a lot of time educating our patients. So I think that's the important thing. So all the patients that join our program, do a six-hour introductory module, and so it's a lot of information. Mm. So I think that's the key thing. There is a lot of info out there, but maybe some information could be very contradictory. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Fung has lots of stuff out there open to everyone. I, Like I said, I learned fasting from Megan and from Dr. Fung. Mm-hmm. My fasting before was, was very limited, but I'll tell you this. My husband, after watching Dr. Fung's first video. So when I first started working with Dr. Fung, we went online and started watching his videos. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband did a 12-day fast after watching one video. Of wow. course, he had me to monitor him, yeah. but it just, some people, it, it does come that easy. And a lot of my patients say that I'm totally fine with fasting. It's the diet that I struggle with or vice versa. So some people, it's the opposite. So I think that the important thing here is to be educated. So of course, I was right there next to my husband telling him what to intake and not intake as he was fasting because I didn't want him to fall over. Yeah. Um, but people do it and they get the education. So Dr. Fung has a book on it, The Complete Guide to Fasting. And that goes over the short fast, the long fast, it does talk about people's stories. It does have a little bit on the diet. So, and he has all kinds of, there was a podcast on it. Um, he's got lots of blogs on this, uh, on our website. So there's a lot of information about what fasting actually is and how to properly do it. And then I think that once you decide that you want to do it, because that's the number one thing, you just have to figure out how it would fit into your life. Because any of this, either whether it's a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting, it really has to fit into your life. It has mm-hmm. to be something that you can sustain. 
Yeah. So I don't know what that looks like for, for each, each for each person. It's going to look different. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is, in my experience as well, the beautiful thing about intermittent fasting is that it's flexible, you know, you can uh, adapt it to your life. And so that, you know, if you've got a social thing with your family, you can tailor it around that so you can still eat at a particular time. And I think as well, yeah, once once you give it a go, it, it, it again, like the keto diet, it becomes natural after time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the key thing that Dr. Funk talks about, whether you're tr- choosing to do intermittent fasting for shorter periods or longer periods, is the fact that this whole eating every three hours, six times a day is ha- has not worked well for us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I've, I notice it so often how quickly people get hungry all the time. And I mean, even myself in the past, I know how I was thinking about, okay, what am I going to eat for lunch? And what am I going to have for dinner? And now, you know, I just, I usually have about two meals a day and I don't need to think about it any more than that. And, and I'm, I'm full and I'm very content. And sometimes you don't even feel hungry uh, for the second meal. Actually, that's a question I have for you. What is your recommendation? Like I found having quite high fat in my diet that sometimes I just don't even feel like eating and, you know, different practitioners in this area will say, well, if you don't, don't feel like eating, don't eat. However, I also find that say you're just going to have one meal a day and on that particular day, I didn't get hungry in the evening it's still kind of not that many calories for something that's sustainable. If you just have that one meal, what kind of health? Every day. Yeah. And that's not what's happening for me anyway, but I'm just curious, like what are the implications of that? Well, you don't want your body to perceive that as a low calorie diet and perceive that you're going into starvation mode and then it slows down your metabolism. Right. So there are people that do this OMAD. There's, lots of groups and all that, we don't advise that to our patients. The whole Maddie is one meal a day. Yeah. So we don't advise that to our patients. So we, we believe that if you are going to choose to fast, you should do it randomly, mm-hmm. um, whatever that means for you. So two meals a day, one meal intermittently, no meals, and then a couple of meals. That seems to work best, especially if you're trying to lower numbers. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to stabilize numbers, then that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think that's that's the main thing. And then, so what would you recommend for individuals that are just wanting to stabi- stabilize their numbers? I still recommend the same thing. Because personally, I'm not trying to lose weight. I don't even lose weight. Even if I tried, my body doesn't seem to want to go anywhere else. It just stays right here. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, do, I do a three-day fast uh, once a month, and that doesn't seem to do much. So I'm assuming it's pretty happy where it is. Yeah. Um, and I do intermittent fasting. And like I said, sometimes my weight will go up four pounds mm-hmm. um, in a very short period of time. But that's just an insulin response, and then it comes back down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I do. I do two meals a day, like you said, on my ketogenic days. Sometimes I just have one meal, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes I do a longer fast. And that seems to stabilize my numbers. Yeah, perfect. Okay, before yeah, I, I yeah. am not the advocate for the OMAD, and so I, it, it, I'm, it's never going to happen. But <laughs> if somebody says to me, this is what I'm doing and, and it's working for me, I'm going to say that's great because that's what we do, right? So a lot of our patients, like I said, are doing totally different things. And the important thing is, is it working for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. I mean, we have such different bodies and we've just got to work out what works for us. Now, before we wrap up, I've got some signature questions to ask you. So can you tell me what moves you? What moves me? Yeah. Is that what you said? What moves me? Yeah. Oh, boy. What moves me? Uh, my family. Yeah. Lovely. I think. I have two little girls. I mean, probably that's the only thing that comes to my mind, yeah? Yeah, that's awesome. And if you weren't in your current career, what would you like to attempt? Wow. Okay. You didn't warn me about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I wasn't in my current career, huh, I would definitely be doing some sort of talking because... Uh, my husband laughs about this. I'm definitely a communicator, so I like talking. Yeah. Wonderful. So I don't know. Maybe I would be doing, I maybe, yeah, communication of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I have done it before, so maybe that's what I would do. So like TV, radio. Yeah, awesome. And is there a piece of wisdom that you've been given over the years that you could share with us? Monica, you're killing me here. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I, I believe in, I'm a big karma person. I believe in karma. I'm not a very, you know, even though I'm a naturopath, I'm not your typical naturopath, but I do believe in karma. And so I think that whatever you put out there is what you're going to get. So, mm-hmm. you know, keeping that in mind, I think that that's my, my main thing is, yeah, do unto others as you would have done onto you I think yeah wonderful main thing yeah definitely it all comes back all right right. well thank you so much for chatting it was really insightful and it was a real pleasure to hear your story and and hear the wonderful work that you are doing well thank you that's very nice Monica thanks for thinking of us pleasure we'll take care and we hope to speak to you again soon All right, thank you. Have a great rest of the day.